Hello everyone, welcome to the That's How We Lead podcast series of Capgemini Netherlands. My name is Coco Leisner and I will be your host of this series in which we will talk to some of our female leaders about their career in IT. Who are these role models next to their responsible jobs and how did their career journey look like? That's what I'm going to talk about in this third edition already with Annette Harmse, Head of Application Services. Welcome Annette. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. I'm very excited for this recording session because Tineke nominated you last edition because you're such an inspiration for her. So I have high expectations for this podcast. <laughs> Are you ready for the questions? I hope so. <laughs> yes, let's go. <laughs> the first question is on your role, because like I said, uh, you are head of application services within Capgemini Netherlands. But it might sound quite abstract for our listeners. Can you elaborate a little bit more about what your role entails? Yes, of course. As uh, a head of application services, I'm responsible for the application service business line within our organization. We have a setup where a lot of people, of course, focus on our clients and markets. And we're organized in such a way that there are also there is also a lot of focus of course on our competences and the skills that we have so application services is a group of uh, yeah almost 2500 people a lot of skills in in the digital area uh, from uh, consultancy to testing to the software development and these are all the all the people that yeah they on a daily basis bring their expertise to our clients and help our clients in their digital journeys yeah well 2500 people it's crazy yeah. how many that are you're also of course a person next to your role as head of application services who is annette harmse next to this responsible job well uh, one of the imp most important things of in my life is of course that i'm also a mom and i do have ch uh, kids but they're already grown up uh, so my son is actually studying business and IT, so maybe okay. he's a future colleague, you never know. That could, be, that could be nice. I already saw him in the office sometimes with the events that we've had. True, I sometimes bring him here, make him a bit more enthusiastic. Yeah. <laughs> and my daughter, she uh, studies uh, medical engineering. And uh, yeah, so that's a bit of a different domain. But uh, yeah, they're all very enthusiastic about their student life. And, uh, and I like it too, to hear their stories and do yeah. they still come home often luckily they do and we have a lot of uh. fun together yeah and one of the other things i like i like sport a lot so uh one of the things i do is uh, well we call it mountain biking mm -hmm. but actually we don't have any mountains of course <laughs> in the netherlands so it's more like cross-country biking and I, I like to do that also with friends every weekend so that's really oh. nice as well Cool. And did you also go for a cycling tour with the cycling community that we have at Capgemini? Uh, no, I did some running with our running community, but uh, not uh, cycling. No. Okay. Yeah. Perhaps something for in the future. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for your introduction, Annette. Like I already said, I'm very interested in your career journey so far. At Capgemini, we have a bold statement, get the future you want. And in the past, it was be the master of your own destiny. I'm curious, how did you ensure that you were the master of your own destiny at Capgemini? 
Yeah, that's a nice question. I started working at this company actually right after graduation. So that's oh. a long time ago. How and many years, if <laughs> I may ask? <laughs> More than 25. Oh, well. <laughs> so it sometimes happens nowadays that uh, people start here that actually weren't born when I already worked here. That's, uh, that's a bit awkward, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. But uh, yeah, when I started here, um, yeah, indeed, this, the, lo the motto was um, be the master of your own destiny. And I, I, I'm a strong believer of that. And for me, actually, that already started in the beginning of my career where I was working as an architect and had a really good flow. I liked what I was doing, um, but I was also working more on a theoretical basis while I felt I really need to do uh, be more hands on. Um, so everything was great. Everything was right. And that's where I learned if, if, if everything goes right, go left, because that was the moment that I felt I needed to change something. So I, I stepped out of it. Uh, I, I was in a team with, which was with developing a methodology, a way of working. And I said, I, I really need to go now to the client mm. and start doing my stuff there. And uh, yeah, turned left while the rest still turned right. So and I think that's exemplary. And, and I had many moments in my career like that, but it's exemplary of... Um, yeah, being the master of your own destiny, choose your destiny where you would like to go and follow your heart there. How does that then feel when you go left? Um, sometimes it's scary. <laughs> sometimes it's really scary. Um, but also, I, I like to be challenged. So yeah. um, when you go left, you, you step up most of the times a little bit more out of your comfort zone, get challenged again, uh, learn new stuff. So um, yeah, for me, that's being master of your own destiny. Did it also sometimes went wrong that you took on a challenge and you were like, oh, this challenge is, is, is too much? Uh, uh, no, not well, there were nights where I la lay awake and was a bit <laughs> scary, but it always turned out right. Yeah. <laughs> to be, uh, yeah, so not really that things turned wrong. But what I what I what did happen is more in a different way that sometimes I wanted to make a turn left and actually I didn't get the opportunity. So being master of your own destiny is also communicating about your destiny, making sure that the people around you know what you would like to do, where your ambitions are, where you where where your strengths are, uh, so that also the people around you can support you on that. And I had a moment in my career where there was a position uh, open to be fulfilled and I actually thought I was w well positioned, but I didn't get it. So I was like, hey, what is happening here? Why? Yeah. And actually, when I looked at myself, I thought, yeah, I, I'm a big part of it because I didn't communicate. I yeah. sometimes make the... Uh, comparison, um, yeah, to be honest, with lamps. <laughs> uh, because with lamps? <laughs> I'm very curious to hear about Lights. this. <laughs> yes. Because um, if you look at uh, women, they often sort of like uh, act as a pendant lamp. So they uh, their light shines to, the, to their team, to the people uh, um, that they're working with. And they make sure that the, that the team is fine and that they can grow and that they're But they forget actually to shine their lamp, uh, their light, uh, actually uh, like a stable lamp to the people around them that are uh, can make the difference also for them. So, um, and that mostly is, to be honest, a bit more like a masculine feature that I didn't use. <laughs> <laughs> so I was actually forgetting to put the light, yeah, sort of on myself, making sure that the people that were able to, to support me in my career knew what I was, uh, what I wanted to do. 
How did that feel to to change the lighting? Because I can also imagine that it sometimes feels a little bit awkward or uncomfortable. How was it for you? It it does. Uh, yeah, it feels awkward. Um, yeah, because um, it's some uh, it it's stepping beyond your own modesty. Things you find normal, putting them in the spotlight and say, "Hey, look at what I've done." Yeah, so I really had to learn that a little bit, yeah, and 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 um, and feel that it's okay to do so. <laughs> do you still sometimes have that the difficulty then when you switch the light? Yes, I do. I I can perfectly explain to others that they have <laughs> to do it, <laughs> but when it comes to myself, it always takes a bit more effort to to take that step and yeah, and put the focus on me. Even in this podcast, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talking for 20 minutes about yourself yeah. uh, might also feel difficult sometimes. It does. <laughs> But it's 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 good that you started with that awareness and that you can sometimes think for yourself, okay, where is the light shining now and do I need to switch it? Exactly. So I think also a very good lesson for our listeners of this podcast. Another thing, because that's more on, on your growth within your career, do you have any other lessons or themes for yourself which you find important. Yeah, I think the IT business is an always developing business. I mean, when I started in IT, um, actually one of my first roles was to actually implement email for one of our clients. Whoa. You can't imagine it <laughs> nowadays anymore. No. <laughs> so, and of course, in order to stay relevant, you have to also really develop yourself. So. Um, being master of the, uh, your own destiny is also making sure that you stay relevant, that you that you train yourself, that you grow in your expertise. Um, and uh, for me, in the beginning, that was really on the IT uh, skills. I've been an IT architect, a, uh, a, a, a software developer. I've done stuff like that. And later in my career, it was more on project management, delivery management. Um, yeah, so it changed along. But even there, you still need to be relevant and know what what is going on and what clients need. So, Do you also then take dedicated time for yourself to train yourself? Because I can imagine with a busy job, it is sometimes also difficult to find the time to develop yourself. Yeah, I, I organize indeed w once in a while uh, that I, I also take courses or training. Yes, I do that. Uh, but one of the other things I also nowadays do is talk to a lot of our colleagues actually to also learn from them. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Sharing knowledge amongst each other, learning from each other. That's a good one indeed. If you then look back at your career, because like you said, you started as an IT specialist, uh, had many different IT roles, working for more than 25 years within Capgemini. When you started your career, uh, I can imagine that the number of female was lower than it is now. How was it for you to work in an environment 25 years ago in IT? Yeah, you're absolutely right. It was indeed an environment where I was one of the few being a woman. But actually that started already for me during during my study. I studied computer science, so also there there were a very limited number of women. So I, to be honest, I was a little bit used to it already. Um, and I, yeah, I, nev I never found it, um, how do you say that, something that was... I, I liked it actually. I liked yeah. working uh, with my colleagues. I, I felt that it sometimes even may, w was a little bit of an advantage because I was different. People saw me so saw me as a person sooner maybe than others. Um, I'm quite an extrovert, so it was hard to not notice. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and that I think that helped. <laughs> On the other hand, I also had situations where I was sitting in a room and people, because I was a woman, assumed right away that I was an assistant for my manager, which was not the case. Yeah, so you all, you're put into boxes once in a while and that's, um, yeah, that's a pity. How have you seen that changing over the years in IT? Yeah, I think we're drastically changing and I really like that to be honest. Diversity and inclusion for me is really an important topic. I strongly believe that having a diverse workforce really helps in yeah, in innovation, in innovative power, uh, different minds think differently and bring different topics to the table. So I think that's that's the key to have uh, diversity in your teams. And for me, that is not only about male or female, but actually also, for instance, about different cultural backgrounds, uh, different minds to think along, different ages might think different. So it can be in different aspects. And I, I, I think that it's important that we're changing and our workforce is also really changing in that aspect. Yeah, you've seen it from the, the sidelines, how it has been changing. Yeah. Uh, Tineke also called out the, the networks that we have with Think of Gemini in the last podcast. Yeah. And now I know that you're also a sponsor of one of the networks. Can you elaborate a little bit what your role is for that network? Yeah, I'm a sponsor of the Culture and Religion Network within Capgemini. And indeed, it's a group of very enthusiastic colleagues that join forces to, to really bring this topic to the table. But in, in a sense that we're celebrating diversity and that's what I really like about what they're doing. So we're celebrating Diwali together, we're celebrating the Ramadan or having an iftar dinner together. So I, I, yeah, I think it's great uh, that we're doing things like that and that these enthusiastic colleagues really join forces to, to bring those topics to, the, yeah, to, to everyone and, and that, we, that, that we embrace the diversity of our organization there. Yeah, and you also joined the Pride, uh, the yeah. Pride Boats last summer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it looked so amazing. Um, that's more on, on diversity itself than on developing, because you already talked a little bit about how you ensure you keep on developing yourself. Uh, do you also do something for developing others? Yeah, it of course, in our organization, a lot of our colleagues are working on this topic. They're developing themselves. So it happens quite often that people also come to me like, oh, could you... Could we have a conversation where I'm standing in my uh, career and I would like to make new steps? I actually really enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> so I like having those conversations. I'm a, I'm a mentor for uh, some of our uh, uh, promising leaders. I like to b- help them to, to give some new perspectives, but I also get a lot of new perspectives back from them as well. So it's for me really about the mutual, having the mutual conversation. I like that. Yeah, that goes both ways. Yeah, it does. It's uh, inspirational to, to talk to all these people, I can imagine. Absolutely. And talking about inspiration, that brings me back to how I opened this podcast. Because Tineke Meins, our last podcast guest, nominated you because you are such an inspiration during your collaborations. And she had a question for you as well, which is, what are you most proud of when you look back at your career? Ooh, (laughs) that's a difficult question. Yeah, well, to be honest... We talked a little bit about putting the spotlight on yourself. Yeah. Uh, w- when I was younger, I would have never, I never expected that I would have this role and what I'm doing now and the, res- the, the colleagues that I'm working with, the, re- the, the impact that I can make. 
So um, I'm actually proud where I am. <laughs> you, have, you have seen yourself growing yes. and overcoming expectations that you had. Yeah, and and I like the journey that I made and uh, um, and yeah, and the, and the impact that I can make with it. So uh, yeah, actually that makes me proud. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Then the last question for today is about advice to other young female emerging leaders. What advice would you give them? Yeah, well, for me, that's an easy one. It's actually with where we started with. It's about getting the future you want, being the master of your own destiny. And um, that would absolutely be my advice to do so. So take the steering wheel in your hand and uh, put yourself on the track in the direction that you would like, like to be on. And you don't have to plan like years in advance. I never did that. I always followed my heart in the decisions that were there to take. Yeah, so should I go right or should I go left? And then I chose what it should be in the, at that moment. And that brought me on the right path. So I, I wish that everyone Um, yeah, takes that steering wheel in their hands and, and make the right decisions. Yeah, beautiful. Good advice. <laughs> and then heading over to the net, next podcast, you might nominate someone as well. Who would you like to nominate and what would you like to ask her? Oh, that's nice. Uh, yeah, I would like to actually nominate Desiree Weber. She's our CFO. And she's the first female C CFO that we have in the, in the Netherlands. So I'm wondering... Desiree is working with numbers all the time. And I'm wondering if there's a difference in how she handles this as a woman. So do we have like male figures and female <laughs> figures? Does she emphasize different things differently or doesn't it really matter? I'm wondering. So I I'm, I'm curious about her answer. <laughs> very interesting question. I'm looking forward to record the session with her. Thank you, Annette. It was very nice to have you. I hope you enjoyed it as well. Absolutely. Thank you, Coco. Thank you. And to our listeners at home, don't forget to tune in for the next That's How We Lead podcast edition. Thank you.